Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, what is going on, people? You know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. It means, yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way here and now officially. This will go down as episode number 134 of Unfiltered. It's an episode of Unfiltered Live. The Mets reel in. Three more Cy Youngs. Drop two, pick up three, do the math. Greed, as they said in the movie Wall Street, is good. Good to have you here, as always, along the way. lot to discuss. Obviously, not worried about bias today. Met Hat is on. We're all uh, in one group here in LFGM as we sit here on the uh, heels of the beginning of winter meetings and already the news that there's been a replacement for the simple man who nobody thought could ever be replaced in Jacob deGrom. We'll discuss that, get into Verlander in, deGrom out, and why I say that, to me, if you want to be just as good as you were last year, you're in good shape. You want to be better, you want to win the World Series, a lot more work to do. We, as always, happy with the work that we do with our good friends at Bet Online Basketball back. Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Bet Online's got live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It is always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sporting events, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Just head over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag to join. Get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure. However, to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. It's Bet Online, where the game starts as we get started talking about JV. And welcome, Justin Verlander, to Queens. There is risk in any signing. There is risk in a signing at, no matter what the age is, when you're talking about the number that we're dealing with in $86 million over two years and a vested option for a third. And then there is... Risk that becomes greater when you talk about the age of 39 years of age for Justin Verlander. But there's also calculated risks that need to be taken. We live in a world where if you are sitting there and you're a Met fan over the years, and I know this being a fan because the fan base drives me absolutely nuts, that it's a damned if you do, damned if you do not. If you're a Met fan, you're sitting there, and we see it on Mets Twitter all the time, and you complain, here's what we want. You got to do it. Then when you do it and it doesn't work, Well, you screwed up. You made the wrong move. You made the wrong choice. The Mets didn't have many choices here. Because of this fact, while winning at a level the Astros where Verlander just once came and getting the six LCSs in a row and having that kind of continued success is amazing. It's amazing because it seems nearly impossible in this sport to do. When you get the chances to win is when you must strike to win. And that's not just when you have money, like in this case with Steve Cohen. That's even when you do not have the money. Like, for example, in the cases of the Royals, who took two shots at it and got to two World Series and without Madison Bumgarner would have won twice. For a Cleveland, then Indians team who rained delay in a game seven, who knows what might not have happened or didn't happen or did. What speeches mattered or did not, but they had to exceed what their own financial limits and expectations were because they had a chance at with Indiana Jones coming back. I'll say the Holy Grail. All right. 
when you're a team like the Mets, greed is good, but winning is a must. When you're playing with the money and the ages on this team already, it is a must. Jacob DeGrom, and I want to get into that, and I will a little bit on the back end of this and give, you know, the first time I've, I've commented on it, at least outside of just tweeting. When you lose Jacob DeGrom, for all the things he did not do in terms of being able to pitch every five days and giving you 30-plus starts and all those sorts of things, the guy was the best pitcher and made you the best team in baseball on paper for whatever that is, and in reality, for most of the time, every five days when he took them out. That is what aces do. And for all the things that Justin Verlander has not done, barring the five-inning performance we just saw in the World Series, where he was able to, and he toughed it out, you know, get that win and get off the schneid, if you will. He had not been able to do that in a World Series. Max Scherzer didn't just do that for you down the stretch. He didn't do it for the Dodgers the year before, tired, down the stretch. But both these guys have done it, and both these guys have won it. And that's not winning an offseason or winning a contract. That's winning the whole damn show. Thank you, RDV, RVD. That's what the Mets are trying to do. And you don't have the luxury because you're not young, because this team is not right now built around and centering Francisco Alvarez. They're centering around now Scherzer and it would have been DeGrom, or in Verlander's case, age and concern and risk at the front of the rotation with lots of money. Diaz, who you had no choice but to and should have offered, and they did, extra years to get the five-year deal for him. You don't know what the hell you're getting in years four and five, paying $20 million a year now for a closer. And by the way, they had to do it. But greed is good, and winning is a must. You are centered around questions of some of your younger players and the long-term nature of them, which we must not forget in the Alonzos and the McNeils, to name a couple. But right now, around a lot of money being centered in players who have probably seen their best days, you would figure, in their past and in the rear view, not in the view in Queens. When that is the situation you're in, you got to pounce and you got to win now. You got to win the whole damn thing tomorrow, this year. Then you got to get back to it next year. And whatever issues and injuries you have at a trade deadline coming up this year, you got to fix and add on contracts to fix this year. And then got to fix in the offseason next year because you got to win now because you're not built in the way that, hey, here's the core four or five. Let's not forget Bernie Williams. And then let's go ahead and go win all these titles and we'll add in and seed in some money drops along the way. You cannot do that. When DeGrom leaves, you don't have many choices. Here's what they were Justin Verlander. Carlos Rodon, Dysenga, Chris Bassett, trades. Jamison Tyon, et cetera, in the tier twos. That's what you have, all right? When you sit there and you look at DeGrom leaving, this is a statement, and I need people to understand this. People are going to say, well, you know, Justin Verlander, the Mets gave him a ton of money, and they gave $86 million and 43 a year and a crazy AAV to a dude I don't care. He just won the Cy Young. He's 39 years old. So this is just about money. The Mets and Steve Cohen, and we're proud of him, and you should be accepting and be excited. He went and spent a, a crap load of money, and then Justin Verlander took the bag. But this is more than that, because even with the money, this makes a statement. Why? Because for years, even if teams like the Mets, especially the Mets, had spent and offered money, 
Nobody wanted to take your money. Even with what they offered and paid Max Scherzer, a lot of Met fans were surprised. Why? Not because of the amount in the total, but because even at that amount, even at that total, that that man would sign to that city and play for that team and put on those colors. Justin Verlander could have gone back to Houston. Justin Verlander could have gone to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Anybody else, I'm not necessarily believing. You want to put the Yankees in there, maybe fine. But that's where he could have gone. The Dodgers were a better team than you were a year ago. The way they are constituted right now, yeah, they got some questions, and albeit in no disrespect to Clayton Kershaw, I know he's back, but they got issues. You have Bueller out for the year. You know, what are you going to get in the pitching rotation? Is Turner coming back and, and the other Turner coming back? And if not, who are you replacing with? And all oh, there's a bullpen and lots of questions, but they won a million games. Their run differential was like plus 9,000, and they were a better team than you. Justin Verlander could have easily gone to L.A. and taken, even if it was a little less money, made more maybe for him and for his wife being in that area versus New York, and certainly won. All right? Could have gotten paid a hefty share, even if not as much, to go back to Houston where they're going to win. And, oh, by the way, they already added Jose Abreu to everything else that they already have, including Valdez, who was a Cy Young candidate behind the Cy Young Verlander was, and a guy in Christian Javier who makes 30-plus starts, looks like he's going to be that guy for years now, too. And a winning tradition and an American League that seems easier and all of those things that he could have gone there and been there and done that already. All right? But he did not. He took the Mets' money. And to me, while this is still about the greed and the greed of a Verlander saying, hey, I want to get paid and saying, hey, I want to pitch them 42 and get at least a vesting option for a third, right? And the greed of the Mets saying, I want the best guy. There is still that match that we must accept and understand as a world we're not used to living in. If you're a Met fan, that Verlander was willing to say, I'd rather be on the Mets at this money then for a little less, be on the Dodgers or the Astros. And that is something, if you're a Met fan in a world you ain't living in for long in your life. So kudos and congratulations and drink up to that. That's first and foremost. Jacob deGrom last year and wins attributed to a pitcher is not what I'm here to discuss. We all know what they mean. We all know what they don't. But he attributed to five of the 110. Five in terms of on, on his ledger, if you will. Right? Okay. He missed a ton of time in general. Down the stretch, balky and not good in a lot of spots, and we not taken away. We understand the start he had against San Diego, and especially comparatively to what Scherzer did and didn't do, giving up seven runs. All right? But Jacob DeGrom did not sit there and throw 34 starts last year, win 20 games, and go win a Cy Young. Jacob DeGrom was a guy who, if you're a Met fan, that's your dude. Like, how did we find this guy? How did we... Find a guy who used to be a shortstop. This kid from Stetson, like, what do you mean he's going to, he's, yeah, he, he, he wasn't going to be as good as Harvey. He wasn't going to be as good as Syndergaard. He wasn't going to be as good as what Wheeler was coming in. It, it was always something shinier. And then here's this simple man with the hair and the knot who was doing all of those unbelievable things. And that's great. But Jacob deGrom was a guy whom you spent more time. It's like finding the greatest love of your life. And then you get to go out with that person like four times a year. So all you do is you think about the love and how amazing and wow, it was great. And like we can have great conversations and everything behind closed doors. Kids, that means just discussing was also great, too. And all of that's wonderful. But most of the time you're thinking about how much you miss it, not how much you got it. 
And Justin Verlander, despite the age that he's at, has been proving, at least knock on wood, to this point, he's going to be out there every five days. And in this chapter of his career, he's been out there. Now, has he been brilliant in every postseason? No. Brilliant in every World Series? No. Is this a guarantee? No. Does it mean that at 40 years old, it doesn't mean the injuries don't start now? No. Does it mean you're not going to be managing innings between Verlander and Scherzer all the time? You're going to be managing innings between Scherzer and Verlander all the freaking time. But you would have been doing that with DeGrom, too. And outside of DeGrom is our guy, and that's our dude. Like I used to say when I'd sit at Nassau Coliseum and my foot would run, my right sneaker would stick to the piss that was on the ground. And I'd say, this is my damn crap hole building. That's the way we sit and we affinity and love and, and appreciate Jacob DeGrom because he's ours versus when a guy comes in. But Max Scherzer was better than Jacob DeGrom for the majority of last year. Justin Verlander very well may and quite possibly, you might even bet on, make more starts than Jacob DeGrom's going to make in Texas this year and the following year, and you don't have another three. It's a no-brainer. I love Jacob DeGrom. He didn't love me or you as much as you love him. Another relationship lesson. But that's true, okay? He just didn't. He didn't. If Jacob DeGrom loved the Met fan and the Mets as much as the Mets love Jacob DeGrom, He's saying to himself, hey, look, I got to go back to the Mets and see. I don't think they're going to give me five years, but maybe they'll give me five years if they really think I could go. Hey, we got a deal on the table. It's about to be signed to go to Texas, but we're not going to go until we find out that we can't go to you. And you know who I expect, and I may be wrong, to do that, and it's at a lower level? Brandon Nimmo is going to do that. Even with Scott, Brandon Nimmo... Because and I like Scott and, you know, people don't understand. It's like, you know, he's not telling his players what to do. Brandon Nimmo's going to say, I want to be a Met. Now, he's not going to say, I want to be a Met. And they offer him four years. I'm just throwing out numbers. Somebody else offered seven. That's different. But he's going to go back and say, can I go to the Mets at that dollar? Can I go to the Mets at that figure? Can I go to the Mets at that term? Can I go to the Mets in this scenario? All right. When Jacob DeGrom doesn't do that, when Jacob DeGrom is outwardly basically saying to you, I don't need to do that, all right? When that's the case and that's what's happening, then you clearly have a situation for sure that you understand that there's no doubt that he did not want to be in New York as bad as you wanted him. That's it. You got to let him go. That's it. He don't love you like you love him. Goodbye. That's hard to do. Go listen to Skinner. Go listen to Simple Man. Go sit there, grow your hair like DeGrom used to. Go sit there, put lowercase d's anywhere you want. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because it's not about the lowercase d's. It's about the zeros and the Y-E-A-R-S. Years. Lesson. Five v. two. I'll take the two. But now what do you do from here? If you want to be as good as you were last year, win 110 games, if you want to say they blew it or didn't, and I'm not getting back into that. We've done that already on this show and, and in general ad nauseum, all right? But you want to say, well, you want to be you know, in it to win it, have a chance to win a division, get into the playoffs one way or another, and have a shot, right? Because they had a shot. That's where they were. They got a chance. You got to punch your shot, and you're in it. You won 110 games. I mean, you had an unbelievable, you know, you, you, the 101 games. You had an unbelievable, you know, franchise season, all right? This team doesn't win 100 games. You do that, and you want to say, hey, look, I think we could be as good as that now. You can be as good as that now. 
It's possible. He could pitch more than DeGrom. He could be out there more than DeGrom. You could get more even out of Peterson and McGill on the back end. Maybe you, you, you can be sure. You're close to that. Nimmo comes back, and you fix up the bullpen, whether it's Adovino again and whoever setting up Diaz, whatever changes they make. You want to say, hey, look, your Alvarez will come in. He'll do some your DH from the right-handed spot. Maybe be a backup catcher. Maybe we can move McCann, eat some of the money. And those are, those are a lot of things. But those are the kind of world you want to live in as of right now there is a chance you know, Marte stays healthier down the stretch, which is a huge loss, as we all know. You want to say that we can be, this team can be as good as it was last year. You're right about there now. You got a shot to say that now. Chance to tell that story here. But if you want to be better than you were last year, you want to do what Verlander was doing last year. You want to do what Scherzer was doing in 2019 with the Nationals. You want to do what you watched the Yankees do all those years. You want to do what you thought without Lucas Duda, or maybe you're blaming TC and Matt Harvey or whatever, Familia in a six-run game or whatever you thought in 2015. You want to do all those things. Kenny Rogers doesn't walk Andrew Jones 1999. You want to do all that? You got to do all that more from here that's the sad crazy state of when the expectations and the dollars and the age which means i again let's go back to agreed is good win now is a must you want to do that you now got to bring back nimmo and if you don't bring back nimmo you better replace him and i don't mean just replace him but you better replace him now is bellinger going to be that guy it ben attendee who they're in on that guy yeah, Michael Conforto, you know, you want to shift Mart. I don't want Marte playing center field. If you're a Met fan and you have any idea what you're talking about or know what you're doing, let me give you some advice. Yeah, Marte can play center field. You don't want him playing center field. Do you understand, first of all, the new rules with the stolen bases, the bags being bigger, the limited throwovers, they lend to him already where you're going to be wanting to say, hey, dude, I want you using your legs more on the bases than you did last year. So don't you want him huddling out in right field? And hanging out, he played it to a gold glove caliber level. Don't you want that versus being in center field? Sure, he can play center field. I don't want him playing center field. That's got to get a center fielder. So if it's Nimmo, who certainly had improved, Bellinger is better defender than he is, right? You want to bring in that and then say, I don't know what I'm getting with the offense. Certainly, Bellinger not leading off. So now you got Marte at the top. Now your offense is changing, right? Do you, do you want Ben Attendee, who's a guy who can do that and be in the top year? How do you want to do that? Marte got to be on the corner of the field. All right. Who's catching? Why do I ask that? Well, Tomas Nito was a gold glover and all of that. And I love the guy, right? He's better than we thought. And he hit kind of well. I mean, he had big at bat. He had better at bats than some of the guys you expected to have great at bats. But he's a backup catcher. Is Francisco Alvarez a catcher in this sport? You got to figure that out. If he's not, then Vogie should be on the bench with no disrespect and be a left handed bat off the bench. And I like him. And Alvarez is your DH lefties, righties, or venditties every single day. And that's what he is what he is then he got Nito and you know McCann if you can't move the money or whatever else you want to do and that's it that's where you go right or then you can even look at you know perhaps the trades of a guy like Murphy in, in Oakland or, or whatever you want to do because that catching spot open but if Francisco Alvarez is a catcher he's got to catch some so then you got to eat and move McCann somehow and then at minimum you got to start the year thinking Alvarez working himself into learning how to do it from Nito great guy to learn from and he got to play 35% behind the plate, and then he's 65%, the other parts of that. He, but he's in the lineup every day because this team doesn't have enough bats. The problem down the stretch, yeah, they didn't get the pitching performances they needed against Atlanta. They didn't get the pitching performances they needed against San Diego. But they couldn't hit. 
every time Jet McNeil came up, it was like, thank God, because the guy had unbelievable ABs. Brandon Nimmo was doing the same thing. But there were way too many times where they couldn't string together hits, and they didn't have nearly enough slug in this lineup. Alvarez, if he looks to be what he looks to be, provides that. But he got to be in there every day. He got to be at least the backup catcher and the DH and one of the two and that, every day. It's where he is, back and forth. He catch in, Vogie's on, you know, on the left side against the right, however you want to do it. And then you're saying to yourself, I get Marte healthy, I bring back Nimmo, I get, you know, uh, another year of learning where now I can really push Alvarez. Maybe I work Beatty into the mix. Maybe the Escobar we saw in the second half is the Escobar all year long, right? Those are the stories you're telling, and you're saying, I'm going to get better offense as a team as the year goes on. Because there were times during the year where the offense was okay. Most of those times, Marte was healthy. If you want to tell that story, it's a story you could tell. And then again, where are you? You're back to, we can be as good as we were last year. Now, for many times during the season, they looked like they were good enough. Maybe that is good enough. I don't think it's good enough. That's the greed. Greed is good. Winning is a must. Age is a problem. When those things start to stack themselves like some Jenga, if you don't want to poof and let that whole thing fall down, they got to go add some bats. It's not just bringing Nimbo back. They also got to add innings in this rotation. Now, I've said this before, and I'll be fair about it again. I During the year, loved Chris Bassett. All right. Love the way he hung in there. He got so many different pitches. He was willing to, you know, he, he pushed and giving you seven innings when every other guy wasn't. And the importance of that, right? Going deep into games, the importance of that. And then we sat there. And to me, Max Scherzer, look, he was terrible. At least you got, hey, he's Max Scherzer. You got the age, you got the oblique. There's things you could throw in the fire there and, you know, rationalize to yourself that this is okay. With Chris Bassett, he pitched scared to me. And that, look, that's hard to say when you're not in the guy's body. It's just that's what it looked like to me. And then when you hear against San Diego that he's before that game saying, hey, you know, pitching in New York's as hard as everybody says it is. I don't want that. I want the guy like Marte who eats it up. I want the Ioannis Cespedes when he came over. There's a reason in the home run derbies when there's no backdrop, no batting cage. He's sitting there. He want to be the man. I mean, this guy wants all that attention, all that smoke. He wants it all, right? That's why he succeeded in all those spots and put Drew Storen and Matt Williams into therapy for the rest of their life. All right? Chris Bassett looked the opposite. Pitch scared. His stuff isn't swing and miss. I get that. It's harder to just go after, guys. But he pitched scared. And to me, then he spoke scared. And I said this at the time. I didn't want to pay him and didn't want him back. If he wants four or five years, which it sounds like he wants at 34 years old, with the rest of the problems the Mets have, you can't do that. Why? Because you already got to be looking in two years, you got to reset and you got to bring in some young guy. Now, is that Shohei Otani next year? Certainly people are going to talk about that. But the Mets got to get younger in the rotation somehow. How do you do that? Well, there's one guy who can do that, who comes with injury issues, but to me would be the guy I'd be going after right now, and that's Carlos Rodon. Now, there are a lot of people who are going to say, well, you just got Verlander and you just spent all that money on him. You can't go out there and pay Rodon for six, seven years now. Sure you can. Because, by the way, as long as you believe he can pitch in six, seven years, you don't have Verlander probably after two, at least after three. And Scherzer after two, who going to be there the other four years? Carlos Carrasco not going to be there. Do you really think big drip? I'm sorry. To me, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a big problem. If you think Tyler McGill is anything more than, hey, I got to figure out, is he a back-end rotation guy? David Peterson, same thing, though I like him. So where's the guy? Where's that dude? 
Can you make trades to get that dude? Can you call Tampa for a Tyler Glasnow? Can you, you know, Cleveland says no, no calls on Bieber. Do you go ahead and go smaller and go bring in a Tyone now or somewhere in there and say, Hey, look, we'll try at the deadline. Go, we got to get younger somewhere in this rotation. Hope Cleveland's bad. Whatever the case is, you want to be thinking about how I'm going to win. You got to have someone in this rotation. That's got the upside that can give you that everything you need it, but doesn't have the age where he's sitting there and saying, well, soon I only got to pay seven bucks to go see a movie. All right. They should, to me, still, if you're going to get this far, right? We didn't come this far just to come this far. You should be going for Rodon. Over Senga, over Bassett, over Tayo. Now, that being said, when you've got so many concerns in the front of the rotation of how I'm going to get innings and how many questions and how many pitch counts and how many issues I got with Verlander and with Scherzer, Bassett may make the most sense. He may. And you may have to figure out, if you're sitting where I'm sitting, how to not make him viable or relevant outside of a game four in a postseason. I know that's only one spot, but it's a big spot. Meet the parents. you got to think about Bassett now, because the one thing that he does and the way he pitches is at least you have in a week, in a three-game series. I don't know what kind of cookie I'm getting, what kind of injuries I have. I don't know how deep in a game Peterson or McGill or whoever's in the fifth spot going to go. I don't even have a Trevor Williams even to back him up anymore, and that's a spot, by the way, that's underrated. they got to refill. And no Taiwan Walker there, at least for the first half or plus, where he's at a brilliant level. And I got all these questions at the front end. Bassett, the one dude, who I know he's going deep into the game. I know he's giving me a lot of pitches, and I know he's giving me a chance to win. That's why he becomes, to me, more important after the Verlander signing than he even was without it. I know that sounds weird. Well, if they don't lose, they lose Verlander, you'd think, well, they got to be more aggressive. They may be more needy in terms of, I'll give you a fourth year, right? Than where they would have been because now they feel desperate. But now it's not desperate. It's he is the perfect fit because of the innings that he gives you. They have to put Carrasco at four. They got to have Peterson or McGill, one left, one right, right? You want to you know, throw ahead Joey Lucchese or whoever else you want to tell me is going to be in that mix. And you got to go ahead and you got to find that three, either through trade or through signing. Now, if you told me they can't bring back Nimmo, but they can go for a guy like a Bellinger and get a Rodon, I might have to do that if I could do that. And I love Brandon Nimmo. I don't want to pay Brandon Nimmo $130, $140 million if the market is buzzing it up that way, right? Even if he's not worth that amount, okay? I don't want to pay him that amount of money, and I'm, I'm willing to do it. But if I got other choices and other options where I can get – it's the you have to get better somewhere in the margins. The GM told me a long time ago, made a great point. You cannot determine what's going to be out there in the market. So you may say to yourself, geez, I really got to figure out how to get the starting pitching better. Well, what if Bassett wants five years? Rodon now, Dodgers are going to be, right? No Verlander. What if, you know, we could, by the time I'm done, it could be Dodgers, Rodon. Who knows, right? Or Yankees or whoever. What if Rodon gone? And it's like, I don't want to give Bassett four or five years. Let the Orioles or somebody more desperate because they need, need a guy more than I do go do that. And Baltimore is certainly going to be in play for him, right? Then you may say to yourself, we may go lower bring in an Andrew Heaney, much less money, only 28 years old. And now what we're going to do is we're going to divvy out that money to the bullpen. We're going to make trades and look into the bullpen. We're going to try and line up to set up Edwin Diaz in a way that now we support Scherzer and support Verlander that way from behind, right? Versus behind in the rotation. 
but you got to get better somewhere. Now, if you cannot do that, then you got to add bats because I got to increase the run total and production if I cannot slow it down. And then you're still working towards a deadline where here you go again at the trade deadline. How do I get it better? That is how the teams that do it, do it. Why has Houston been so good for so many years? Because they go off a year like last year and they say, I want Jose Abreu. They don't say it's good enough to do dot, dot, dot. Or we can go replace it. What We'll replace it internally is we're cheap or we don't have the money or we refuse to spend the money or we don't think we're that good. That's like when you get there at the deadline, you say, no, we, we feel like our acquisitions are the guys that are coming back off IR, DL, IL, whatever, right? Whatever sport, okay? That's a bunch of crap. It is, all right? It is just a, outside of where DeGrom was with the Mets situation specifically, I got the best pitcher in baseball. That's one thing, right? Outside of that, that's a bunch of baloney, family show. But if you're sitting there and you're in this market now and you're the Mets, you can't play that way. You don't fix problems internally. You are fixing it with greed. You're fixing it with cash because greed is good. A win is a must, and age is a problem. But right now, Houston, we have a problem? Maybe not. But one person's loss, another's gain. New relationships with that relationship. Miss Upton, Mr. Verlander. Not in that order, reversed, just in baseball sense. Now part of Queens. To Queens, at once, to be loved, someone to hold. We thank all of you for being with us. I'll more as we go on throughout the offseason. If you're a Met fan, you should be pumped. Episode 134 in the books, unfiltered. As always, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.